0: The next stop is Knickerbocker Avenue.
1: Yeah! Uh-huh. It's Fortune 500.
2: Uh-huh. My burn hits production. That's right. And we repping for the New York Knicks. Yeah. Live from the garden. The Knicks start starting. Startin'. The blue and the orange. The Best five starting. Regardless if it's close or a large margin. We hungry for a win. The fan base starving. Bound and astounded. Fishing and we swishing. We run the whole city. From Patrick to Willis, Fraser to Strickland, Strictly. the next generation, we carry on tradition this Year, year. Yeah. after year, season after season, yeah. arena full of fans, screaming out defense Play off intensity, got our hearts beating, the sneakers keep squeaking, hear the heart breathing, Boom. swishing through the net, yeah. the players take flight, flight, vibing with the vets, the coaches need a fight, Head them with attack, the, the players about to fight, yeah. it's all about respect, ain't taking any slight, no. a piece of the apple, about to take about to take a ride up to new heights this is our year the future real bright shining real bright like the new york city lights we rapping for the new york
1: the Knickerbocker Avenue Fan
0: Forum on the Bleed Blue Show. Welcome, everybody, to another edition. We're in the middle of summer, enjoying the heat, enjoying the breeze. Welcome to the Knickerbocker Avenue Fan Forum. I'm your boy, the infamous one himself, Knickerbocker Ave. I am joined, as always, with my brother, Steve Azul. Steve, how you doing? Say hello to the folks. Knickerbocker
1: Avenue, what us up, bro? How you doing, man? Got Don with us. We're going to talk some hoops our right, niggerbockers, rest of the NBA. So, man, let's, let's get it popping, man.
0: Oh, well, well, well if, the, if the great Leonardo DP is here, we need to bring him in. Dominic, how you doing? It's been a, it's been a minute. How's your summer going?
3: Great, James. But like, I, I don't know where you got that breeze from. Nick. You, you might want to come down here, suck up some of this heat for a minute. But I'm good, guys. It's all good. Trust me.
0: Well, it, it's true. Um... We had the heat wave here in New York City. Then it kind of cooled off. Then we got a couple of days of rain, and uh, the heat came back today. But I'm pretty sure that you know we're we're gonna start getting more of that fall weather. But I'm I I don't know. I have the feeling we have like a couple of more hot days here um, up in the city. I know where you are. It's gotta be fucking. It's like like it's like hell over there. It's, yeah. it's not even a temperature. It's just hell. <laughs>
3: yeah. It's it's the humidity, guys. Y'all know the further south you go, the more humidity you get, and, and it's been growing. The sad thing is that I'm gonna go. We ain't not get no rain, guys. It hasn't rained in like oh. maybe three damn weeks. Oh, so, I mean hmm. in the south when it rains, it don't get no cooler, but it would be nice to have some rain, you know. But we didn't even get rain, guys. It's hot as shit, just hot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, they, they, they. You see, they're not getting rain. They're just gonna get, you know, they're gonna have nothing but pure heat for the, like the next week or two, and then they're gonna have that fucking monsoon season, and then it's, just, it's like, oh, uh, who wants to be down there? <laughs> but anyway, oh, we we have some stuff to talk about. Um, some news just comes down the pike early this morning. Josh Hart, our very own Josh Hart, just signed a four-year, eighty-one million dollar extension, which basically comes up. His contract is basically a five-year, ninety-four million dollar contract. Um, he stays on with the New York Knicks. He's getting the extension that he was promised. He's got it. Um, In my opinion, it's still fair, undervalued. But what is your thoughts, Josh Hart, five years in the New York Knicks?
1: Well, first of all, I would like to say thank you, Knickerbocker Avenue, because I first found out the news through your page. Um, I don't really be on the social media as of late. But when I do pop on the feed and I saw the news come from the Knickerbocker Avenue Facebook fan page, I said, oh yeah, of course, this is right according to plan. Of course, I have no problem with that. No Nick fan should have a problem with the contract. Uh, We know the value that Josh Hart has brought to this team the day he was traded for Cam Reddish. Uh, The the franchise, uh, the play has gone up. So, this has gone according to plan in this offseason. season. He, we had it, we signed him, and we did that. Um, it, it would have been more of a shock if we did not sign him. So, I, I mean, hey, I'm cool. Of course, I'm cool with this. So, I pass it back to you. A okay with me? Joshua had to be in there. Okay. No doubt about it. But,
0: but, it does come to it. It, it does come to it's a little bit of a of, of you know you have to kind of praise the, the front office in this one because yeah the front office when you know when we first found out that we were getting Leon Rose and I, and I know a lot of Knicks fans and a lot of you know you know fair weather fans were expecting you know superstar agent was going to attract superstars this front office has not done you know that big splash but one can actually tip their hat to them for for maintaining some level of consistency you know because now You know the one thing they, you know, that front offices in the past have not done is retain their players, you know, and and, and keep the young guys. Yeah, we got rid of Obi Toppin. You know, it's sad to to say, but we kept Josh Hart. So now you have him, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, and Jalen Brunson all under contract for the next four to five years, all around the same time, and. If that's not stability in our front office, what do you call that?
1: Yeah, this is their time to really go for the chip, if you was to ask me, Nick Abaca Avenue. Um, I even thought if it wasn't for uh, some bad play in the Miami series, they should have been a team that faced the Denver Nuggets in the, in the NBA finals. I really thought that high of the Knicks. But things, you know, the shooting, some things, some lows that occurred, Randall's injury translated to some bad play, same thing with R.J. Barrett. But four- to five-year deals with the core of your team. And do you add in Dante DiVincenzo on top of it, a winning basketball player, college national champion, along with his teammates Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart. I mean, I mean, Don brought up the point consistently, we haven't been fleeced. So this is a very good day for Nick Knickerbocker uh, fans and Nick, Knicks Nation, Orange and Blue Skies, all that good stuff. So, yeah, there's no comp- – listen, the Knicks got to go for it at this point. They're a top three team in the East, if you ask me, and I I think they have a chance to go for it this year. It depends on what's available at the trade deadline, but that's a little more talk for, let's say, December, January. Uh, I love where the Knicks are currently in the position. They this is, They haven't been in this position in 20-plus years. So, yeah, this is a very, very good day.
0: Yeah. So Dominic, you just alluded to the point that you've been making for a con—you know, for the, for the last I don't know six, seven months, maybe even more than that. This front office has not been fleeced, and they just pull off this deal and retain Josh Hart for five years. What are, What are your thoughts? And you know, what do you think of that contract?
3: They're 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 like the Christians would tell you about Jesus. They may not be there when you want them, but they always right on top. <laughs> And guess what guys? Yeah, he I, went biblical. Remember 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 guys, I was at TikTok, TikTok, Leon Roja on the clock. And then I then I I dropped back 20 and I punted and I was like, Okay, let, let's look at what Steve just talked about. Di Vincenzo. Okay. Is he better than Obi Toppin? I'd say yes. <laughs> just yeah. putting that out there. Josh Hall, yes. if he's better than Cam Reddish, I would say Yes. yes. So to me, to me, guys, and Steve is right because I had the Knicks three, four feet. I already put that out there. So now you got your cray, cray Knicks fans that think, "Oh my God, we, we hit rock bottom." Because you, you, you got the let's build from the bottom and then let, let's let it go. Let's build the way the Knicks are building, and enjoy the ride. But I, I will, I will say this, guys: the only thorn we have right now is Fournier, unless, guys, unless it really ain't going to work cause we got too many small guys now. We got a lot of guards on this roster. So somehow, someway, I don't care if you flip Fournier for Jay Crowder. I, I don't care who you flip him for right now. Because, again, we hit pay there. Got rid of Obi, got DiVincenzo. Got rid of Reddish, got Cha. So now, the I mean forty eight Fournier, guys, this is – I don't want this to be that – Again, that thorn in the side, if, if he's not going to be in the rotation, guys, you know, even without Jay Crow, if you get rid of him for a second-round pick, I think you've got to move him, guys, because this is becoming some egg on your face, if you could use that expression. You've got a guy that you pay him, what, $17 million a year, and he ain't in the rotation. Now, I understand why not. It's funny, some Knicks fans who was pissed off about his contract, and kept going till he can't play no defense, then when he was taking out the rotation, Tim a moron, he's a monster. He That guy has to be moved, fellas, serious. If he don't get moved and we go into the season with him and with him not playing, I don't want to see no more of that egg, fellas, because we're moving in a good direction. Like I said, you take the pieces we signed and we signed, the pieces we let go, we did pretty damn good, man. And we got Grimes, come on, guys, sooner or later, this kid, I always say this, man, shooters to shoot. If, if, if Grimes could give us 12 points tonight, guys, we're going to the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I'm just going to put that out there. If one guy, if that one guy can give us 12 and become that threat, we're going to the Eastern Conference Finals. I just don't. And it's it's nothing against M28, guys. I don't know him from Adam's house, guys. All I know is he's become that where everything is looking good, somebody's gonna say, Hey, F, what's up with Fournier? why are you on the bench? Why you're paying them this? Why are you paying them that? Why can't you move him? I don't want I don't want that next year, guys. I don't. I love what we're doing, I love where we're going. Get rid of that thorn. And I I tell you guys, I'm with Steve. I I heard people say this team got better. I, I don't see it. I heard somebody say Cleveland got better this year. What did what did they do? Groundbreaking. They still have the guys that can't do A, B, and C. <laughs> I don't care who they got, the guys they had. Donovan Mitchell, not a great closer. Uh, they're two big guys. They're an accident waiting to happen, on offense. <laughs> so what did what did they really accomplish? I'm, I'm ooh, I don't know. Maybe I'm pipe dreaming guys. Maybe I'm so high on my Jets this year that I'm trying to put them in the same box as the Knicks, and
2: um,
3: I, I, I just I just feel really good, guys.
1: As a, KGYR, as a, K, as a KGYR Giants fan, Dom, um, you have every right to be high on your Jets. I actually was fresh Ooh. off watching an episode of Hard Knocks right before we got on here. I was just watching the Jets, uh, Hard Knocks. Yeah, man, you guys got it going on, man. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> I got to be honest. I,
3: didn't, I didn't even see it yet, Steve. I didn't even watch it yet.
1: Okay, I no spoilers, but, yeah, I, I'll, I'll bring that up maybe later towards the end of the episode, uh, you know, how we get onto our shows and stuff like that. So, yeah, they look good. I'll put it like that.
0: Mm. You know?
3: Yeah. And y'all y'all know me, guys. I am not the biggest football fan. I, I watch the Giants. I'm a Jets fan. So, other than that, I'm really not sure X's and O's, you know, Bobby and Joe's, I just like the Jets, and I follow the Giants. But I don't know, guys. I'm a little – I'm kind of old to say I'm a little hype, but I am. I'm a little hype this year. I ain't felt like this in a long time with the Jets or the Knicks.
1: This is probably the first time since 98. Like, both teams, those particular two teams since 98. Like, the Knicks was a a perennial – a team that could have went to the finals. And the same thing with the Jets when they had uh, Curtis Martin – Bill Parcells, but go ahead, go ahead. I heard you were about
0: to say something, Ab. Well, I was going to say is like, you know, he's on his own with the Jets, but I'm a little excited about the about the Jets myself. And I, and, and I'm not, I'm not a Jets fan. I do, you know, I do follow what they're doing. And, you know, if you're a Jets fan, if you're gang green, you're a little, I mean, you obviously are excited for the obvious reasons, but you know, Aaron Rodgers, but at the same time, you know, there's some other weapons that are being implemented, and I've been paying attention. So it's going to be a good season over in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Uh, uh, I, I think the house is going to be banging, you know, week in, week out, no matter who's playing. But it's going to be interesting. But back to the you know, back to the Knicks, and you guys were bringing up a, a great point about Evan Fournier. Um, the guy makes $18 million, um, um this season. The Knicks just signed Josh Hart, you know, you're, you're finalizing the you know the, the final contract with DiVincenzo, and, 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 you, and you you know what all the numbers that it going forward. Considering that all these contracts, the R.J. Barrett, the Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson, Julie, um, Josh Hart, Jalen Brunson, Dante Vincenzo, all these contracts are going to be finalized and They're going to be all you know well into the uh, uh, into the maturities. What do you do with Emmanuel quickly come next off season? He becomes a restricted free agent and. Do you then re-sign him as well? And like I know a lot of Knicks fans are saying, well, you got to give him his bag. But do you necessarily? I mean, I've read an article here and there. You can easily package Evan Fournier and Emmanuel Quickly to make it about twenty two 23000000 million to get somebody else in here. But that's—I know a lot of Knicks fans, you know, you who, know, who, 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 who are big on their homers, big on their on their homegrown talent, are totally against it. What say you,
2: Steve? First,
1: well, see, that's the that's the point um, about where you guys were talking about Evan Fournier, and it was the whole point Don's been saying for months about the Knicks not being fleeced. You got to be patient, guys. We can't just be making deals just to be making deals. It's got to be the right value at the right time. Evan Fournier his contract is a piece we're going to move at some point. I don't expect him to be on the Knicks after the trade deadline. They're not like th- that, that. You could sit on his contract and wait to make a deal and do a package where you could get something back for Evan Fournier and maybe if possible, uh, Emmanuel quickly. Cause if you don't plan on signing him, obviously they're keeping quiet. We talked about this two weeks ago, have the, it's a gift and a curse when it comes to the Knicks front office. They keep it very uh, FBI top secret over there. They don't let shit leak out, which is a good thing, but at the same time makes fans delusional. So that's the offset. That's the, exactly what we talked about two weeks ago, right? So it's a given, the a curse when it comes to that. So Evan, uh, Evan Fournier is going to be moved. He's going to have to be moved. You're not going to just allow that type of money to sit on your season uh, again. Uh, uh, throughout the entire regular season again, so they're going to move them. I have no doubt about that. And is you got to wait for the right time. We got to see what teams about through, let's say Christmas, early January, who are not doing well. Most likely in the opposite conference, the Western Conference, where you could package a deal. To ship Evan Fournier and possibly Emmanuel Quickly to get something back for both of them to add something the Knicks do not currently have at that time in December 2023 January 2024. So the Knicks are doing it perfectly if you was to ask me. Av. Um, it, it, my whole thing about it, Quickly if, you, if they don't think they can sign him, he, he's, he's trade bait. Nobody's safe. You know, you got to do what's best for your franchise.
0: Dominic. Um I know you've had you've had some you know some ups and downs with menu quickly, but more importantly, you know, we're you know, a, a lot of Nick fans are very um very gung ho on him. What's their you?
3: Quickly is twenty four years old. De is twenty six years old. Grimes is twenty three years old. I hate to break it to Nick fans. He might have to go. I mean, he, he might – the Knicks might be doing a sort of like charity by letting him go, where he might get a little more somewhere else. Because right now, guys, what the what the Knicks are doing – and before I go any further, I have brought up a great point with them contracts. You know what's the best thing about those contracts? Not that we got them and we're building something. In the future. Every one of those contracts are movable. Every one of those contracts are movable. I don't care what the new CBA is. Every one of those contracts are good, possibly movable product. And when you move them, you know you're going to get something good in return. And that's where I'm at with quickly. It is not nothing against quickly. I don't know quickly from Adam's house cat. All I know is I'm looking now and, again, guys, addition by subtraction. <laughs> we, we got pieces that could easily be Emmanuel quickly. Now, again, what might hurt him, especially before the trade deadline, we bring this up every year, guys, for some reason, between October and January, the guy can't throw it in the ocean. And then after January, he becomes Jerry West. So he needs to get that under control too. But I I just think, fellas, that the Knicks are feeling themselves at the trade deadline I got a funny feeling we're going to end up getting Donovan Mitchell. I think they're do you do keep that? some of these, moveable... you take the contracts they have, Steve. First of all, you put quickly in there. You, you might have to put, cause he makes close to 30 million this year. RJ Barrett. I hate to keep saying RJ Barrett. I just feel like he may be the odd man out. We, we can't say he's 19 years old no more. He's 23 years old. We can't say it's only his first year; it's his fifth year. So, if you can move him, move her quickly. Possibly a Fournier, like like Avs always saying, match those dollars. We could, And I'm not just saying Donovan Mitchell; I meant to say a Donovan Mitchell type. I got a funny feeling, guys. The Knicks still have that target. I think they still have this guy as a target for whatever reason. Look, think about this, guys. They didn't go after Kuzma. They didn't go after Zach Levine. Pieces that could have been had, let's be real, they could have been had with moving parts and those teams really not going nowhere. Those two guys could have been had, especially Zach Levine, who I really like, and he brings a lot. So with these contracts the Knicks are making, guys, they're easily movable products. Like, uh, this team is going under, like, like happens every year. Now they're trying to move parts. But we got some parts we could move, and they're young parts. We're not we're not throwing in a a, a 55-year-old Tommy Nguyenardo. We're throwing in good, young, quality players, guys, with doable contracts. So that team, if they had to, they could move those contracts. It's all about the dollars, fellas. Nick Abaka says this shit all the time. That's where I got this from. It's all about the dollars. And we got some dollars we could move pretty easily, fellas. I think that's the part that Knicks fans are not catching on to when they hear who the Knicks are signing. They're thinking, oh my God, we we signed Hart for uh, $62 million a year. No, I've just broke it down. That's a very movable contract. And so is RJ Barrett. It'll be close to 30 mil. It's movable. And I I don't know. I think because of what Steve says and what we say all the time, the Knicks with the national security badge, they don't let a lot of shit out. So I got a funny feeling, fellas, that those, some of those pieces that we're signing, maybe bait. I'm just saying. I don't have no inside sources. Well, I'm just following the money. they very the movable products.
1: It's the same reason. I'll be real quick. It's the same reason why you and Bishop throughout the regular season on postgame shows or just during our shows during the season last year, where you were pissed at RJ Barrett but at the but the other end of the tunnel is the movable contract piece. Meaning he could be parlayed yeah. like a Evan Fournier around this time of the year going into the season. So I know why you guys were frustrated, because of the value of that contract. It's no different than how you look at a Bradley Bill, why he got all that money or on paper by the by the Wizards just to be you know, move in the future. So that's why some like fans. We just kind of have to keep that in mind. Like it's not just these guys are getting this money and they're playing for a certain salary at a certain time. It's also that they could be parlayed. They could be moved. So that's that's the, it's the same thing with Shea Gilders Alexander before he went from the Clippers uh to the um to the Thunder. I mean, so all these contracts are like that. So yeah, I mean, like you yeah. said, Dom. And, and they all could be moved. So and you know good, what's this good? This is a good thing. business wise. yeah. And you know what's good,
3: Steve? We didn't hurt them. We didn't give them pennies on a dollar. We gave them a good contract for their talent. So it ain't like we said, oh, shit, we feel sorry for Steve Azul. We're going to give him $25 million. No, take a look at these contracts that have. what was just saying. We gave them, I would like to say we got a penny on every penny for this. What their work and what we gave them, and how movable they are. Everybody won, fellas. Whether we keep them or not, they won because they got a good contract for four years. We won because it's a movable contract. I I swear, man, guys, I'm telling you.
1: When you say Donovan's
3: front office man.
1: Yeah, when you say a Donovan Mitchell-like player, you know what comes to mind when you talk about moving the monies. Somebody like a Zach Levine, a team like the Bulls who ain't going nowhere, right? That type of guy, team. a closer like that would make sense. Mm, 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 I don't see Cleveland. Mm. I, mean, I know Mitchell. I think they got a plan, Cleveland. I think they're trying to. They're not going to just give up with what they give up to Utah, right? I think somebody like Chicago, who's kind of played around with this, and it's not it's not DeRozan and, and, and Zach Levine's fault. It's the way the rest of that roster's been constructed right. to be a fringe playing team. And I think that plan is probably going to go out the door. And I think they're definitely going to be sellers, whether the Knicks go out there the DeRozan or Zach Levine. But there's going to be some sort of player like that for a combination of Fournier and Barrett. If mm-hmm. it was from the East, that's how I look at yep. it. Yep,
3: and, and you might be you might be able to throw quickly in there. And guess what? They're yep. missing. Who knows when Lonzo? Who knows when Lonzo Ball is going to play again? So quickly might fit right. in there pretty well.
0: Mm-hmm. So
3: yep. again, for the money, for the money <laughs> guys. Them guys did a hell of a job, fellas. I'm sorry. Not, and,
0: and, and, I mean, it, it, it goes without saying because it, it gets mentioned all the time. Licks, if they need to make a deal and they need to sweeten the pot just a little bit, they have a plethora of draft picks, second-round picks, <laughs> first-round picks, a lot of their own first-round picks to make, to make such a deal happen. So and and it may not even be one of those situations like like in the Donovan Mitchell Asada where we were about to give up four or five. We may only have to give up like one or two. And again, I know a lot of people put a lot of draft a lot of capital into in terms of what the draft picks mean. But if let's put this for you know for instance sake, if the Knicks trade their first round pick this year like they did this past season, if they trade it where is it really realistically going to land if the Knicks are going to be a good team? If they're going to be in the playoffs, are they going to be a lottery? Is that going to be in the lottery? No. Is it going to even be the top 15? Probably not. It'll end up being the low twenties. And, and I know that a lot of Knicks fans and a lot of, you know, so-called analysts out there, especially in the Twitterverse and the spaces all want to ask like, well, you can get a diamond in the rough at 25. Yeah, you can. And, I also could get get, get shit up by a New York City pigeon every other day. So what? It's just like, if the draft pick is not going to be, if it's not guaranteed to be in the top five, you can move it. And you can forego it, especially if you're locking up players for four to five years over the next, it's like, where are these draft picks going to get some playing time? Anyway, I mean, I, I just don't understand that, that whole mentality. Oh, we have to, you know, build through the draft, build through the draft. We've been trying to build through the draft for the last ten years. Look how it's been working out yeah. for us.
3: <laughs> yeah. You well, hitting that? Well, that's but, not uh,
1: necessarily. Well, I don't. I want to go down that rabbit hole because you know my issue with this franchise <laughs> is the development. I don't think the issue was necessarily the picks. It's, I don't think these guys are being coached up correctly, but that's uh, – I don't want to go down that rabbit hole tonight. I just want to stay away from the Knicks development, put them on trial argument tonight. I don't want to do that. So I think that's more of an issue with that, the franchise. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, this, this is the Knicks time to go win, man. We earned it. We we had a lot of long years in the 2010s, uh, the Phil Jackson years. The Knicks are, to me – right now, like top three in the East, easily could get to NBA Finals, barring injury, you know, significant injury, like if Brunson's out for a long extended period of time or Randall, if they could stay healthy, I really believe they could make the, the NBA Finals. And that's not just me saying that as a KGYR, Nick, fan. I really believe that. Like just looking at the rest of the rosters in the East, like Boston maybe, Milwaukee, And then who knows what the hell's going on in Philadelphia. And then Miami, you kind of keep an eye on I know Dom don't like me saying that, but Miami, you got to get, they know how to run an organization. So I always keep them in mind, no matter if they're 40 and 42, Miami's always going to be a threat. That's just how I look at Miami. It's really between those four teams. Nothing's really changed. Except for the fact that Durant and and, and Irving were on the, uh, on the nets at this time last year. Now they're out of the picture. So in the east? Oh yeah. I, I listen, we got winning basketball players. We got better. Dante DiVincenzo is a winning basketball player, more than a winning ball player than Toppin. Uh he moves without the ball. He makes the right basketball plays. Remember, we we did the video highlights right off the uh summer break. Oh yeah, the Knicks, Barn injury, they they're, they're a, they could they could make the finals do. I ain't and I'm not bullshitting. Um that's that could
3: be a I love hell that of a, I always say this, Steve. That could be a hell of a, a, a two guard rotation. DiVincenzo and Grimes. Grimes is the wild card, fellas, in my eye. He's the wild card. But now we got DiVincenzo in case Grimes can hit the side of the barn. Well, we got this guy who is a shooting guard, and he's a pretty good shooting guard. <laughs> and now, he's twenty-six years old.
1: I do think, Av. Let me ask you. Let me ask you this real quick, Evan, and And Don, you can answer this too. I did see uh, news clips and video highlights of Grimes getting coached up by J. J. Redick. Now, that's not a bad guy to be coached up by, you know, shooting drills, workouts. What are your thoughts on that? If you saw that, Nick Abaka, like you know, with Grimes in particular, with J. J. Redick.
0: When I saw that, I I, I, I immediately cast um, a smile on my face because. Um, I think that Quentin Grimes has the skill set to be a very good spot-up shooter and a big-time spot-up shooter. Um, It it, it, it does kind of make – it does raise the question that we've been asking pretty much the entire season, why when he's wide open he can't hit the broad side of the barn, but when he's well defended, he you know, he he knocks it down. Um, And if he can then, you know, continue to, you know – to build on that and I'm sure that Reddick with his pedigree and his experience um and and, and you know and, and just you know just his first move that he used to have when he played um, that's just going to improve the, the overall offense for the next I mean you just adding more outlets besides Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson. You're adding a spot-up shooter in Dante DiVincenzo, already coming off the bench. Then you're adding one on the start on the starting rotation. That's his. That's buckets. That's his money right there, and that's going to lead to a lot more wins than we, you, you know, than, than, than we probably have been forecasting for. Um, of course, the only whole glaring hole that the Knicks have in their rotation is the backup power forward, um, which they haven't addressed yet, but. It's good that we're talking about, because we're talking about moving Evan Fournier and, and a possible Emmanuel Quickly or somebody else. That's where that's going to come from. That backup power forward is going to come from that. You know, it's going to be the product of that trade or that move. And the Knicks still have some money left over. They're, they're, they're not at, at the threshold yet the first luxury um, tax threshold. So, you know, they can, and they have a couple of exceptions, so they can make a move outright, but, you know, considering that, you know, FIBA's going on and and, um, free agency is moving the way it has been, a lot of extensions have been given out, I'm sure that, you know, that our front office is already hard at work at finding, you know, who's the go-to partner or who's the go-to player for them to, you know, to fill that spot for right now because as currently constructed – there's nobody backing Julius Randall, And, I mean, do you really need that? I mean, given Randall plays 40 minutes a night, but you still need him to, to, you know, to spell for, for two to five minutes a night.
1: Let's ask Don that same question about Quentin Grimes and uh, J.J. Reddick. Don, did you see that or your thoughts on that? Yeah.
3: Yeah. And you know what? The, I don't I don't mean to say with or without him. You know, guys, I always look at numbers. His first year, 17 minutes. Second year, 30 minutes. First year, 6 points. Second year, 11.3. 40%, 46%. 38.1, 38.6. That's three. He, his numbers have slowly gone up in a limited time until last year. He actually played start of minutes, guys. He averaged almost 30 minutes a night. But everything went up for this kid. So if you could get a guy like J.J. Reddick to – have you think about the spot and just uh, the, the, the up and somebody not on you, your concentration level might get easier instead of harder for this guy. Again, Steve, we haven't put our finger on that. We're not doctors. Hey, JJ, did you ask him? Hey, man, what happens to you when you're wide open? I mean,
2: <laughs> did you get a
3: brain freeze? Because guess what, guys? Even his first year, he only shot 68% from the foul line. And the foul line, nobody's in front of you. He at least upped that last year to 79%. But yeah, he. I hope JJ Reddick. You know, again, JJ Reddick was a spot-up shooter. If he can't get something in his head to like, hey man, when you're open, relax, relax, relate, you know, and release. Don't get, but because you, you can't have somebody running at you every minute. Sometimes you're actually going to be open. But I keep saying, guys, him. Oof! I just got this feeling, guys. We kept talking about this guy in his first year, third year. I think this is his breakout year, fellas. Serious. We keep waiting on these others, R.J. Barrett and Emmanuel Quickleaves and Mitchell Robinson. We need to watch out for Grimes. He's in a good spot, fellas, for his age and his position. And let's not forget what he did at college, Steve. You know, we talk about D. Vincenzo and Brunson and Hart and Villanova you know Grimes wasn't no slouch in college fellow for those of y'all that don't remember he, he wasn't a bum he was he was well, he was, good.
1: A, he was a very good recruit he was uh went yes. to Kansas originally and transferred to Houston with uh, Bill, uh from Bill self to uh to um, uh Kelvin Sampson in Houston so he had went through a good recruiting uh school in Kansas and ended up with Kelvin Sampson who has a very good program in uh, a weaker basketball conference in college, but nonetheless, the Houston Cougars have nice. over the last couple of years are a formidable foe on the national stage. They they play; they're a tough. They're like a '90 Knicks team in a, in a way. The way they play, they they keep it low scoring, high percentage shooting, and play tough defense and rebounding. I mean, they, they're like the '90 Knicks version of <laughs> uh, of college basketball in the '90s of uh, the Knicks. So. He kind of fits the bill of what the Knicks fan used to know, like when Av and I talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I got actually a question for you, Adam, real quick. Real quick, if you could answer it real quick, because me and Av, we talked about this two weeks ago. Who, because of the the, uh, the void and backup power forward, it's a two-part question. Part one, what's your prototype backup forward for Julius Randle? And question number two, I, I, I I'll answer that question first, and I'll, I'll answer it. I have I'll have a question for both of you guys after. That would be good.
3: A, a prototypical, again, maybe a Jay Crowder. Uh, his name comes to mind because he's he's easily movable. You're, you're not you're not looking for. You're not looking for a Julius Randle to replace Julius Randle. Whoever it is, again, has to be comfortable with fifteen minutes, fourteen minutes, and not start feeling themselves like Obi Toppin. There. Yeah. I just keep thinking Jay Crowder. I mean, it would be great if we got a splash and got Siakam or OG and but that's, you know, that's a starter. I just think you need a good piece, like a, a, a Jay Crowder type. It's not Jay Crowder. A Jay Crowder type that's content with his minutes, with being productive, with giving you his all for the time he's on the floor. Because we can't have Julius Randle playing 40 minutes, guys. I'm sorry. He, he's, he hasn't been injury-bitten hard, right. but we don't want to see it either. We, we don't need him playing Fair. for minutes. fellas, no.
2: Fair. All right.
1: My question for Nick Abaka, oh, actually, let me start with Dom, and then we'll go to Av. Just give me a quick answer. So, it's a, it's really more for the rest of the NBA. I'm going somewhere with it, uh, Dom. Houston Rockets, do you think they're going mm. to be a play-in team or a, mm. a, a playoff team, or how deep – Ooh. Basically, what's their ceiling at, by the time the end of next year? Are they a first-round team, playing team? Give me a quick answer on the Houston Rockets in a nutshell. I have, I'm going somewhere with this. Playing. So okay, playing. Play-in. Right. Playing. All, all right. All right. That's 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 a fringe. Okay. Now, Av, same thing for you. Houston Rockets. Uh, uh, I think stealing. they're
0: they're on the I think they're on the outside looking in.
1: Meaning outside of the playing.
0: Outside the plan.
1: Okay, that's a good answer. Well, that's an answer I would hope that one of you guys says So, Don, let me ask you this. If Abb is correct, or if we say, okay, through Christmas, January, before the trade deadline, Houston is that. If we're talking about prototype power forwards, you said Jay Carter, like why not a guy like Jeff Green, who has a two-year contract, $8 million per, who well, Houston, they're not coming out of the West. Let's just put that on the table. He's a guy who won a championship just recently with the Nuggets. If the Knicks are in it, as we expect them to be, and Houston is not, why not entertain Jeff Green to be the backup power forward at some point later in the year? Do you like that move, or is he jay-crowded enough for you, Don?
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I just got a funny feeling, guys. They're building something in Houston. I don't think they're going to be sellers at the trade deadline. I just don't feel it, guys. They got some good young talent. They added some veteran talent. I don't know, fellas. Maybe I looked at the, the standing. Oof. I don't know. I don't think they're going to be sellers, Steve. I think they're going to hold on and try to get that play-in spot. Oh, that's a tough one, Steve. Damn. I would I'd grieve the perfect example of what I'm talking about. He knows his role. He's content without the limelight, and he's going to give you everything he's got for those minutes he's on the court.
2: Yeah, yeah. But
3: I don't think they're going
1: to be selling Steve. That's cool. Let's let's literally, when we get to the rest of the NBA part mm. in like ten minutes yeah. or whatever, let's really look at the West and see where they could be. I think we actually mm. we have something there. He's a, he's an option. Go ahead, Al. but
0: You see, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the Houston Rockets um, roster, and they have a yeah. lot of power forwards. I and, and, and yeah. I'm sorry, but, but the fact that they they drafted Cam Whitmore, first of all, it's a crime that he fell as low, as low as he did. Secondly, um, you don't think that he's going to have a breakout season, a breakout rookie campaign, and earn some minutes? Because then, if he's there, and you know, you're basically you know moving him with between Green, between it's, I'm looking at a Jim Jabari Smith. And, and Tari Easton and Darius Days and Deshaun Tate. I mean, they have a lot of power forwards. I mean, and like I said, I don't think that they're going to be in the play-in. If they do, they make it in, you know, by a hair. I mean, that is, could be a, an entertaining, an entertaining thing. And then I'm looking at it and yeah. saying, "All right, do they have? What do they have at two guard? And they don't have a lot. They have Jalen Green. That's it. Right,
1: right. So that's no, the point. And I think Jay Crowder is – Jeff Green would make sense for me for this Knicks to go somewhere like a championship aspirations, a guy who just won the championship with the Denver Nuggets. Jeff Green played on a million teams. He's never played for the Knicks, so I know he'd be open to play for another team. He's one of those guys I want to play for every team in the league. So this would be a perfect opportunity
2: um, if, if that's if that out there. And I, don't, I don't
1: see Houston running through the West. like like I see a lot of teams better than Houston. Like They don't have even with the veterans that they added, I don't see them like just making this, this magical run. Like they, I don't think they're even better than OKC, to be honest with you. Like I, I mean, we could talk about that, but we'll, we'll, but the point is, they got movable contracts as well. So, and I think Jeff Green would be a, a very good backup, kind of like same built as Julius Randle as far as height, weight. And he could play. You know, we know he he could make a, a, a perimeter shot. He plays good defense and rebounds. And well, we know Jeffrey, Green's been around the block. He's a Georgetown player. Played at the Garden. Played against the Knicks. Knows the Knicks. You know, he, he's no stranger. So I'm with that, or somebody like that, a prototype like that.
0: Um, I I I would welcome that idea. I mean, you use you, you bring in some more veteran leadership. And a guy who knows how to play, and, and you have him anchor that, you know, that second unit with a Dante Divincenzo. Um, if you have still, if you still have Moody, It's it's great. Um, you know, with Josh Hart, with those. I mean, that's just a good core to have, especially if you have Isaiah Hardenstein still anchoring the anchoring down low. I mean, that's that's a form, that's a formidable bench to kind of you know to you know, to supplement. That you, you know, that, uh, so far that good starting lineup that we have. I mean, can our starting lineup be better? Absolutely. I, I'm I'm already looking at RJ Barrett and he's staring at his picture and like, if you can <laughs> if you can possibly, you know, get your head out of your ass or please somebody move him. Uh, it, it, uh, that's the way I feel about RJ. I, I'm like I want him to succeed, but it's he's making it hard for me to you know to keep on supporting him. And that's why I haven't worn my R.J. Barrett jersey in such a long time because it's like I'm, it's like, no, I'm not ready. I've been wearing Jalen Brunson the entire time. That's all. That's the only ones I'm and all my all my throwbacks. But let's um, um, let's move on. Let's oh, move wait! On wait we move and, on, let's.
1: Oh, Ab, we got Rails with us, man. Let, I mean, let's throw the whole entire kitchen sink, get him all his fuck opinions, it. man. Oh, boy. Day, What do we talk about? Bring him. Man, we—I I, should have wrote it down, right? We talked about Quentin Grimes. We gotta get him in the whole kitchen sink, man. Quentin Grimes. What else quickly, are we talking about? Oh yeah, Quentin. Josh Hart. The hey, yeah, Josh contract. Hart. Jesus back Christ! Backup power okay, forward. Backup power forward to I think that. I think that's it, right? Yeah. All right, let's do that. i right, you lay it out for him. Uh, Pharrells will bring him on, and then, uh,
0: and then we we'll go from there. All right. Well, Rel, um, welcome to the Nickelback Avenue Fan Forum. It's good. It's good to hear from you, man. Um, we want to start you off with, um, how you feeling? How's your summer going? And how do you feel about the Josh Hart trade, uh, the Josh Hart um, um, contract extension?
2: Hey, man, what's going on? Shout out to you guys, man. Dom, I hear you to my old oh, lord. <laughs> uh, summer's doing great, man. My man. Uh, just, just came back from Baltimore and enjoyed it. Went some money in the casino. I ate a whole bunch of blue crabs, which is one of my favorites. But uh, I'm enjoying my summer, man. Um, with the Knicks, Josh Hart got his contract. I mean, I, th- I felt like we knew this was coming, and the money was no secret. It was about to be around this ballpark, and he got his money. And my thing is this: like, even on Twitter, I've been at work all day, but, you know, there's been like a 1,001 spaces, people crying about the money. You know, here's my thing. One, it's not my pockets. Two, we knew that we knew that type of money was coming, and you know what? He got his money. Fuck it, he got his he got his money. It's so to me, it's okay. I don't care. To the end of the day, when the new CBA comes and the supermax is going to be more than two fifty, I think somebody just recently got like three oh six. Like the the bare minimum stars or whatever you want to call them, role players, they're going to get money like this. You know, the from yesterday's twenty five million dollars over $30 million from a bench player to now inflation is going to be 81 when a is going to be 90-something million dollars. My thing is this. The only thing I have about it not so much about his contract, but his contract is spirit. When it, what, what happens when they sign Grimes and um, quickly, so we're about to have, what, seven to eight players making over $2 billion? Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. Never saw that before, honestly. I only saw like maybe one or two people make, maybe make $107 million or the big three. The Miami had um, $300 million tied to LeBron, Bosh, and Wade. But you got your starting, you got besides your center, you got your, you got RJ, you got um, Brunson, you got Randall all making over 110 with incentives. Then you, Josh Hart, close to 94 with incentives. Then what, you, God, we got to know what you're going to pay quickly. Then Grimes is going to be Coming up, because so I think Grimes is going to take a big leap, um, and uh, you know he's starting to become one of my favorite guys. But hey, man, to each his own. I ain't counting on man's pockets. I knew it was going to happen, but right now everybody's going nuts, and I think it's kind of asinine that people's going nuts about it because we knew this was coming. But
3: Relles, can I ask you a quick question that we brought up? With with that being in mind, yeah. not to cut you off, but it's like it's like a part two. When you just mentioned all those contracts, we had this conversation before. you.
2: All those contracts are movable, aren't they? Yes, a hundred percent and I think that not because you. Off, I think that's the problem yeah. with some of Knicks Twitter. They act like a hundred million dollars, and we can't move from it. After I saw the Lakers move Russell Westwood's contract for a chopped cheese and the soda. Anything could happen, anything. And what the Knicks have done what they're not getting respect on. Yes, they're signing these guys, but it's favorable.
0: Contracts to Donald's point. Hey, Rez, uh, um on, on, on that note, you know we were just talking about you know the addition of Dr. D. Vincenzo, the, the you know the the, the re-signing of of, of uh, Josh Hart, and then of course the other contracts that we mentioned. You have eighteen million dollars sitting on the bench right now in Evan Fournier, and then right. coming coming up coming up in the off season. You have Emmanuel quickly coming up, you know, for a new contract. First of all, my first question is: Do you resign Emmanuel quickly, or do you do what, what what one article suggests is that you package him in with Evan Fournier into getting, you know, that other you know that other big piece out there that's worth around twenty to twenty-four million dollars.
2: Well, whatever the, the the article is, I think that to me is a great article. Um, here's here's my thing. I think that you might have to tie something to Evan Fournier to get him off your team. He's going to be a, a, a first-round pick and maybe two second rounds or whatever. So you pair him up well quickly to move him maybe before the trade deadline. I think that would be smart to get that piece, whether it's uh, a good utility guy who could score, uh, maybe like a 3-and-D guy because I always feel like we need more shootings, or what whatever you going to do, whatever play you're going to have is, you're going to get maybe a higher first-round pick going into next year's draft. Um, but I, I'm i in agreement with that because here's my thing. All due respect to IQ, I know he was a darling for, for most. I know he was honestly like our third best player, if not 80% of the season. But my thing is, you're not even developing him at his position at point guard. He's kind of like a Louisville kind of guy. And I'm not saying you can't have that on your team, but – I'm in I'm in a mindset we need a solid point guard. We need more wings but we need a solid point guard so that way you're not burning out Jalen Brunson. Unfortunately our coach believes that we gotta pay uh play everybody 50 minutes, fifty minutes a game but we need a good backup point guard. So we need to get something but they need to trade him with every four is so that way you don't have to pay him a hundred million dollars. Because we really we do have done something that's never been done in the NBA, eight eight people, seven to eight people are getting uh, then a hundred million dollars. That's
0: enough that you said. And now, um, the next question is, is that obviously we still have a big glaring hole at power forward, uh, the back of power forwards. You know, to spell um, J- Julius Randle, um, who. What, I guess the part one of that question is, is that what is your prototypical backup power forward and what does he look like? Mm-hmm. What attributes and who out there, whether they're signed or not, fits that bill. Um, um, Dom was, uh, was mentioning Jay Crowder. He, 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 he's in love with Jay Crowder. Steve brought up Jeff Green. I know he well, just signed uh, his, yeah. his, his new deal with Houston, but what's, uh. your, what's your prototypical um, power forward that would, you know, that would fit the bill?
2: I feel like I feel like both I think both um, guys are not wrong to put on your team. You get like an Uncle Jeff, who's coming off an um, NBA championship, brain leadership, veteran leadership. Sometimes what's missed on this team, um, and Jay Crowder, Crowder. I like him. He's tough. He's not gonna have no. He's not gonna come in here with no nonsense. He's gonna get the guys in check. You know, all due respect to Randall. I think that besides Brunson, I think we're missing that other. Um, leader, because I feel like you need more than one leader of the team. Because a lot of these teams get glorified, like oh that's the leader, but it's many leaders that they don't talk about. So having Jay Crowder, he looks like to me will be my a good backup point for power forward. A backup power forward would for mean somebody like 6'9". Six, because six, you know on paper they say six eleven, but they're really like six nine. But you know some some that height, having like Dante or Josh Hart rumored. To be your backup point for power four is really asinine because we need people to rebound. It can't be Mitch getting rebound by himself. You really don't believe in Jericho Sims, so you know even if Sims coming the game he's raw. I'm not saying to give up on him, but just like Robinson, Mitch Robinson, you it takes time to develop. I Heart is cool. He does he get he does dirty work key moments, but he plays lack of defense, and I think that with Sims and Hart still in your roster, we need a backup guy who can play either power forward or small uh, power forward or center that's gonna bring your defense and to some toughness and we need that a lot of times in the game. And I feel like that when Mitchell Robinson is out, we play kind of soft. What happened to Toppin's brother? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Toppin had you know what? Toppin had to go the Knicks yeah, his, his brother, his brother's
3: a power oh, forward. Where's uh, he at? He makes his name's games. not even yes, on the roster yes. no
2: more. I was going to say, that's even he makes the team. And see, I've been kind of like took a break from like Knicks stuff. Um, so if he's not on the team no more, you know, the, the Knicks did both top and brothers dirty but at least Obi's in a better situation, where you know he, <laughs> know he signed a two-way he's contract, in so, so, so the next,
0: so the next so retain his G League rights. So, 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 let him down. He's he's on the team. Okay. He's going to be invited to camp. He's just okay. not. Uh, he's not officially on the roster because of his two-way contract. It's not guaranteed yet. Okay. Yeah, uh, the possibility uh,
3: he could be a backup.
0: So.
1: Before we get to the rest of the yeah. NBA, I've I got a question for all you guys because of this, you know, the prototype with Jay Crowder and Jeff Green or somebody like that would make sense, either or. But the Jay Crowder is really – is he, if he's still on Milwaukee's roster, like Dominic and Rels, are you guys pulling yeah. up in Mini Coopers like the Italian job and Mark Wahlberg to steal him? Because how are we going <laughs> to get him from Milwaukee? Because that – I don't see how that's going to happen. Houston, yeah, I can see that based off what Av said – Playing team, French playing team, they we know they're not coming off the west. It makes sense to go after a team like that. Where Milwaukee is probably going to be in the hunt, unless they cut him. I I don't see us making a deal with Milwaukee. You guys could uh, let me know how you guys see that Uh, route. Or
0: the only way I see that happening. Is that if Milwaukee, for some reason, has a desperate need for shooting, and, and they just, and they value Evan Fournier's shooting ability and the veteran presence, and, they, and and they value that over what they have over Jay Crowder, and that's the only way that's going to happen. Um, I'm looking at their roster, and you know, getting re-familiarized with the with the faces. I don't think they're going to have that problem. But right. barring injury, barring any kind of injury, and you already know that Chris Middleton has got – he's got freaking ice cubes for knees, and, you know, you know Giannis is going to miss at least 15 or 20 games, and, you know, the Brook Lopez is going to miss a couple of games here and there. So there's always that possibility you can, that, that Milwaukee might want to add some shooting, you know, to, to, to their roster. And if that's the case, then Evan Fournier would be your prime target. Um, cuz you be one of the only available shooters on the market. Um but that's, that's the only way I see that happening. Um aside from there's that, another, I'll, I'll, I'll there's you, another thing. Al,
3: you look at their roster, Al, I mean the couple, what do they have an abundance of? They have an abundance of bigs. They have an overabundance of bigs. So crowded be right. possibly I don't want to say the odd man out, but he might be the odd man out. Well,
0: or it could be the prototypical centerpiece of any trade that you know that they that they, they would be making in order to you know to you know, to, to, to move forward because that, let's be realistic they got embarrassed last year and they they cannot repeat they're gonna have a repeat performance. You know, given that they won a title a couple of years ago, they you know, and and they were the number one seed. They were the best team in the Eastern Conference, probably the best team in the league. You know, arguably, arguably speaking. And I mean, they cannot have another repeat playoff performance where they get ousted out in the first round. I, um, so, so I can see them making a making a deal, but with, what there's there's some factors being the way in.
1: I don't. I, I just want to turn off our Nick. But I'll be real quick. I don't see. I could be wrong, but I just do not see from the Milwaukee side giving up that caliber of veteranship and leadership in the Jay Crowder just for some shooting. It's not like Evan Fournier is that much lights out shooter from like you know when when a ball rotation because Crowder's capable. Of being a knockdown shooter, not as at the rate as Fournier, but he brings a lot more with the defense. So why would Milwaukee do that? I don't. I don't. I just don't see that. Unless there was like Check a three-team trade Steve. or some shit. I don't know.
0: Yeah, Dom Steve, just said it though. Dom just said it though. They have an abundance of bigs, so, so, and so because, they would be willing to forego it.
3: Right, because of that, Steve, and have Crowder only averaged ten minutes a game. He only averaged ten point one minutes a game last year. The average is about two points. So it's not like he was, you know, Bobby Portis coming off the bench. He was like, you know, your 11th, 12th option. Maybe you just, you know, I don't want to say get rid of him as a, a mercy killing, but he's averaging 10 minutes a guy, guys, come on. He can give us 14 backing up Randall and he'd get more minutes and feel a little more comfortable. And the Knicks are moving in a good direction. It's not like he's going to the, Two thousand Knicks he's going to a team that you could see are going somewhere like Milwaukee, but again they have an overabundance of big, Steve, and this guy's getting ten minutes a night. Uh, I don't know how happy he's going to be with that again, but
1: but but I, don't I know think if Av made I think I think Av, Av made the point of being that insurance in the event Giannis does get hurt, he fills that void easily. So I don't think Milwaukee well, you know, who want to just. Well, just do give him yeah, up. That, who who filled that void for them the last time Giannis got
3: hurt? Bobby Porter's. It wasn't like, oh, let's throw Crowder in there. No, Bobby Porter's minutes increased. And, again, Bobby Porter's could play backup power forward and backup center, which he yeah, don't true. have that's to true. no more because now they got both Lopez's. So he could be right. content being a backup power forward. That leaves Jay Crowder on the outside hey, looking hey, in with his hey, little hey, 10 minutes. Hey,
0: well, well, hey, hey, good. That's a good point. All right, so let's move on real quick, because um, you know, you, you know, we we wanted to talk more about the NBA, but I also wanted to touch on a little bit on Team USA. If anybody watched um, the, 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 their little warm up against Puerto Rico the other night, um, total dismantling uh, of, of, of that game. Steve, did you catch that game at all? Did you? Did, I, I know you've been kind of in and out of the country and every one not so.
1: No, I did not me, see it. Not. <laughs> no, I did not see it. To be quite honest with you, I mean, um, I kind of, kind of gave up on USA exhibition basketball for some years now. So, no, I did not see it.
3: <laughs> How did it go? Me too. Me too, Steve.
0: Nah. Rel, help me out here, it ain't please, the man. Olympic in. <laughs> oh man. Rel, did you watch huh. any of it?
2: What well, the Olympic game or the highlights?
3: Okay, I saw to I, 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 I saw honestly the yeah.
2: highlights. I've been like occupied with family and stuff. Um, I watched the highlights. Brunson look good. The guys look good. Um, let's see how this translates towards the season. Um, yeah, honestly, I, I, like, I like Anthony Edwards. I think he's going to take a big jump um, for Minnesota. I would love to see him, someone like him in New York. It, it, you know what? Here, here's my thing. I feel it's, it's two ways. It's either the New York Knicks put all their chips in and say, Brunson, we got you for the next four years. We're going we're to make a title run. Or build me up a whole bunch of team of you in the bench and work your way to the survive. five. Give me a bunch of young guys that's going to be hungry, happy to be here, you drafted them, and do it the right way. I felt like we always microwave our team, but don't microwave until it's fully cooked, like halfway through. And it's always been like that. And people always tell me, well, it's New York, and fans can't wait. Well, we had a crap type of roster for years. So I figured that if you're going to go full young, have like one or two guys left and move, move these contracts because it's not hindering you, you're getting some young talent, then just do it. I think that Knicks is not here to really to, to appease the fan base. The problem is, to me, the New York Knicks really don't have High basketball IQ guys. It's a lot of CAA and a lot of relationships. Because you was my man from back in the day. Until they hire objective eyeballs, I feel like we're gonna stay in this clusterfuck for the next five years. And I kind of resort that to to. Um, I hope I'm saying the baseball game um, guy name right, Bill Epstein, when there's uh, mm-hmm. the guy who uh, won the Red Sox and then he went to the Cubs. Have really no ties to the Cubs like that, and they want one. But let me let me let me give you this, bro. To so that theory, right
3: now as we speak, the Knicks have three of their own draft picks in the starting lineup: Mitchell Robinson, R.J. Barrett, Quentin Grimes, three. And they got the six man, second the second six man in the voting coming off your bench. That's four of the guys you drafted. Got our two right. members of this team. That's what throws me for a loop. We went through this before. Play the kids. Play the kids. Then when we played the kids, everybody was like, "Or oh, you ain't playing the kid I like. We got you got four key elements on the New York Knicks roster right now that are homegrown players. I just mentioned them. Four of them. You can you can throw what's his name in there too. Because he comes in and he gives us all too. Deuce McBride. Jericho Sims. These are our players, guys. We drafted these kids. We get we get yeah. stuck in this because of everybody's narrative and everybody wants to win, you know, what do you do? you get players or do you draft? Four or five guys, fellas, on this Nick roster who went to the second round in the playoffs last year are our people. They are actually our draft picks. So that narrative for me is, I don't mean, I'm not, you know, bashing you, Rose. I'm just saying. People say no, that and so abruptly. It's, it's, it's either or, right. Yeah, but we're doing, but to see, here's the catch, Rose. We're actually doing both. We're actually filling spots that we need with season or mid-vets. Not old vets, but at least three, four years in the league vets. And we still got our young players. The only young player we gave up was Obi Toppin. Think about that, guys. And you tell me Obi Toppin's better than DiVincenzo. And I won't say another word. He don't fit the bill that DiVincenzo fits. So, You got rid of Obi. you got DiVincenzo at 26 years old, and and you still got four to five of your draft picks, six, still on this roster. That's amazing to me that nobody sees that. How many teams do you know right now in the NBA got three of their five starters at a draft pick? I'll wait. It'll take some time, but, you know, the Milwaukee don't, the Lakers don't, the Sixers don't. I mean, I could go on and on. The Celtics don't. <laughs> I mean, you could think about that for one second, guys, and say, shit, we did all right. Obi Toppin, okay. Odd man out, Rels. I'm sorry. You might have liked him, but he just didn't fit the bill. I, I, I,
2: yeah, I agree with you. Like, I didn't I ain't go, oh, my God, Obi left. I'm like, he could go to another yeah. team and shine because he wasn't going to play that many, that many minutes behind Julius Randle. You, you, how long? This is not like football where Jordan loved to sit behind Aaron Rodgers, forever. Like basketball, right. you got short period of time. Or at least with football, you're kind of favorable to the quarterback, and everybody understands the situation. Whereas in basketball, you gotta hurry and get yours because you could miss out on the major payday. So him going to um, to Indiana, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. The dude got injured, so I think he might be even starting. So. It's been a blessing in the skies for Obi, and I think that they didn't draft. When they drafted Obi. they should got rid of Randall, but they didn't go that route. So, and Thank God they were, didn't. And Tibbs, <laughs> right, and Tim's really not a creator of offense like that, so I think that also played a part. So I feel like if you had a different offensive type of coach, it would have it would been more different type of schemes and more creativity. But honestly, we live in, we live in the now, and the now is that he's on Indiana – and I pray that he has a way better um, um, future. Well, moving forward. I always I put... I I say
3: this. I always say this not to defend Thibodeau, but, again, last year was a bad year for somebody to be blaming Thibodeau offensively. The Knicks had their biggest offensive efficiency rating since Moses came down with the Ten Commandments. Last year, last year, fellas, was the best offensive efficiency rating the Knicks had since, I don't know when. That's how long ago it was. But we still get stuck on that. Tibbs can't do this. Tibbs can't do that. Play the kids. Again, when you sit back and you think of all the things you hear, and you sit back and just use your own knowledge and dissect what you're actually seeing, not what you're hearing, it's kind of mind-blowing. And you know, I have a lot of time, so I think about this dumb shit. From hearing a lot of these morons on Twitter, you know, again, I, I, I just wrote it down. Tweet How
2: many guys do we have on our roster? No, 100%. a hundred percent. I, no, I just put you in the tweet. I just put you in the because I agree with you. And uh, yeah. no, I'm just I, saying I definitely agree with you. We draft our guys, we signed our guys. Something that we normally haven't done in what twenty something years. So, like, you know how like the quote unquote toxic Twitter, and they say all these things, and they try to get and these people who I won't be. I'm gonna be respectful. Some people who follow them. My mm-hmm. thing is just like, hey, man, think objectively. Just like your point, we drafted our guys, we signed our own guys that we drafted, and we still got our draft picks. We haven't made a bad trade. We're not getting stars. That's only mm-hmm. last leg. Paul George said, i come, but I want, a, I want another uh, $200 million contract. The Knicks said, no. Old Knicks were like, okay, George, and half the team is gone. So uh, great example, so good, bro.
0: I, I I'm 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 sorry. I um um I'm I, I was kind of I was kinda of thinking of back on that one statement Girls was made that, you know, people trying to be objective on Twitter. It's like it's like that's never gonna happen because every w every no. everyone on Twitter is all about, is about pushing their pushing their narrative and, and having a hot take. Exactly. And that's kinda of, that's all they're that's all they're for. That's why I like all right. Steve always tells me, Steve always tells me, hey, start creating your own space so that way we can have it. And I was like, no, because I don't want these kind of people, these kind of, um, this kind of poison to be coming, you know, in, into the space. And that's why I just stick to this. <clears throat> um, that's the, the main reason you know why I don't do spaces. Right.
1: Can we, can don't we don't get to the rest no of the NBA, man? I mean, who cares what people are saying on Twitter, honestly? Yeah, can we get that, to the rest of
0: the NBA geez. before we get off? Sure, sure, sure. Let's, so i'm up for utah jazz <laughs> uh, oh lord they need they need hug they 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 do need a hug they 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 desperately need um they need a hug they need a come to jesus moment they need um they need they need old Commissioner stern to come in to kind of do something for them because i, I i'm i'm sorry the fact that they have yet to um to you know to 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 really benefit from those, you know, from that Donovan Mitchell trade yet, and you know all those draft picks that they're getting back from Cleveland, and of course the ones they get it from Minnesota. I mean, yeah, they they got a lot of them, but I just don't see, you know, it's like is there like the second coming of Lebron James and Michael Jordan's baby coming together, or an amalgamation of those two guys coming in the draft that I don't know about because they put all their eggs in, 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 into that draft basket and they. They have it's, it's so far year one that hasn't panned out. Steve, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, they they didn't have any choice because they ran with that core for several years. They were a top team in the mm-hmm. West. Uh, Royce O'Neill, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, who else is on Rudy? Rudy Gobert. And when they they when they didn't get past the Clippers, that was the writing on the wall. So they had to gut that team because they they overplayed their hand for too long. And they had to sit players. So sometimes you have to do a rebuild. Um, I remember they got off to a hot start, and we thought they were going to be a surprise and they came back down to earth. That team's not going to make the play-in next year. Um, it's going to take a, a few years uh, with Danny Ainge over there in Utah as far as what they're going to be, you know, to compete in the West. I think I could see seven teams already. That's just already a lot for at least, you know, 6 playoffs, one play-in. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're – and they're their own division. They're not, like, where else brought up, Minnesota. And I, I definitely want to get you guys' thoughts on Minnesota because I can't really read them as far as are they getting past their play in oh, – or not the play in, the, uh, when they lost to Denver in the first round. Are they going to get past that point? I don't know if I can make a case for uh, Minnesota yet. Uh, and I thought they had a wet – or the general manager had a wet dream. For whatever reason, thinking that getting Rudy Gobert and um, teaming them up with Carl Anthony Towns as if that was the second coming of Ralph Sampson and Hakeem Olaju on some Twin Tower bullshit. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking of that. Uh, and Morgan's in all those draft picks. And I would love to get Rels and Dom's thought on that as far as Minnesota. Are they really getting past the point they did last year? But as far as Utah, man, it's going, it's going to take some years, man. And also, Dom, we always talk about it over the years. Danny Ainge, he's, he's calculated. He's going to wait for mm-hmm. the sucker. And somebody's going to bite. On a bad deal with Danny Age and they'll be back in the mix maybe before we know it. That's how I look at Utah,
0: and, and that's just sad because I'm not because I'm looking at the roster. They don't have a, a bad roster. I mean, they they do have Thank Jordan you. Clarkson, they have Lawyer <laughs> <Lauren> Buckerman, <laughs> they have Ochai Ogbaji, they have Colin Sexton, they still have Rudy Gay, they still have Taylor Horntucker. They added John Collins. I mean, it's they they don't have a bad team. It's just not. It's just they put playing? together, and, and it and hasn't, hasn't stayed healthy long enough for them to, you know, to be anything sustainable. Because, like, like you said, last year they started up hot. They were what, like, um, fifteen and fifteen and three, and from the, after the first eighteen days and then they fell off the face of the earth, and that was it. They never recovered. Um, let, let me ask you
1: I, this: are, they, are are they better than Houston? Are they are they better than Houston? Are they better than Dallas? Are they better than OKC? Better than Dow-
0: Dallas, the, yeah. Dallas worlds better than them. Um, okay, that's Houston, one. I say Houston's still better than them. Um, that's two. <laughs> uh, right, and then of course you just add San Antonio right there. That's three. So, I'm just, so I mean, uh, again, they don't have a bad team. If they can just put it together uh, and, and they have the right coach, more it's just a matter of. You know, can they can can guys stay healthy? You know, for for a sustainable amount of time, um, but you know, I, I see their. I mean, obviously, their their future does look brighter. I mean, they have a lot of young players now. They have a crap load of draft picks that they got from the, from the two trades, and you know, it you know, sky's the limit. But they're you know, they're just you know, pigeonholed with that bad market. So it's like they're not going to attract anybody in Utah. It's like so if you're a Jazz fan. You know, you've already swallowed your pride and said, you know what? We're not getting the big, you know, the the, the big marquee player. We're not ever going to, you know, be in the hunt for those guys. But we're going to try to build, we try to support this team because it's a young, fun team, and maybe they can be like the next coming of the Denver Nuggets, which that's going to be very hard to do because Denver is a machine, and they're just a well-coached machine. So I I don't know, man. Um, But to answer your question, on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, I don't know what the fuck they were thinking when they traded those draft picks for Rudy Gobert, and and, and, and why they thought that that was gonna be a good idea. Um, um, I, I and I and I seriously still think that Car Anthony Towns' um, movement is still imminent, um, and I still think that he ends up in New York. I just don't think he's gonna be the Knicks. Um, he, you know, there's always Brooklyn, and you know. Towns is, you know, he's made it. He's made it well known. He's, you know, he wants to come play in the Big Apple, um, and since the Knicks are not biting, this just leaves one, you know, one other team in town, and um, Brooklyn can always make that that one big splash and 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 add, you know, add to Towns with Michael Bridges and, and, and try to make a go of it. Make it, maybe make a it, make a play in. Who knows?
1: All right. Dom, Rose, anybody want to chime in on that?
3: Minnesota, I don't get them either, Steve. They, they're either all in or all out. Utah got a lot of talent. Right. It's just, are they, are they going to keep them? Are Danny Ainge going to – remember, Danny Ainge is in a totally different boat now. You know, he could have lured people to the Celtics, or when he got them there, he could have lured them with the leprechaun of staying there. It's kind of hard to do in
2: Minnesota. Just, like
3: just like it's kind of hard to do in Minnesota. You know, you're talking about driving through 22 inches of snow all day. Who really wants to go there? It ain't Denver, guys. Denver's a beautiful snow place, but Minnesota and Utah ain't Denver. They're going to be stuck. They're going to be stuck in obscurity for a minute. Towns, I think that $60 million at the end of the rainbow with his contract is what's going to hold him up from being moved unless he goes somewhere and he reconstructs that contract. I don't think somebody's going to want to invest that kind of money, and a guy that's going to be—hold oh, on, let me see what his age is now. He is now twenty-seven, so he'll be thirty-one, I think, when that contract is up at sixty-sixty-one mil. I think that's what's really holding him from being moved. He can have all the pipe dreams he wants about playing in New York. I don't think the Nets are going to invest sixty-one million dollars on a thirty-one-year-old. That's just me. You know, anything could happen. I agree. But- I think the Nets learned their lesson. <laughs> and Dallas, I'll say this about Dallas, guys. They ain't making the playoffs either. Nope. You could take that Luca, the the white James Harden. You could take Kyrie, the greatest M1 mix. <laughs> they don't have enough talent to go nowhere, guys. I'm sorry. You got a two-trick pony and what else? Mark Cuban. They, they ain't going nowhere, fellas. I think... I think Kyrie took that offer as a last-ditch effort, and they're stuck now. They're stuck with him, you know, two very ball-dominant individuals, and here we are. All they need is actually to get James Harden, and they'll have the the three-headed horsemen, the three dribble, dribble, dribble. No, they ain't making the playoffs. The Western Conference is almost a lock speed with the top six. I think anything after that is like a coin toss, man.
2: I I totally agree with – with Dom. It's like either you're all in or you're definitely building for the future and they gotta figure it out. Um, I, if they smart I mean we don't go be I'm hearing rumblings that they, they might want to trade and I'm like, damn you, you know, but um who knows? Cat I think cat trades is more realistic and they're gonna get a haul for cat. Um, you gotta build around Anthony Edwards because if you don't he might leave, but I always would say this, too, before people leave and go to, like, a big city or whatever. I always use this as an example. I'm not going to be totally wrong, and that's okay. But I feel like sometimes we, I think these stars need to think before they leave. Case in point, Dwight Howard has been the same since he left Orlando. And I understand why he left Orlando. He was just on one of my favorite podcasts um, a couple of days ago, and he talked about why he got traded. And I love hearing – the player's point of view, because you really don't hear much. You just hear on sports that somebody got traded, but you don't know what was going on. So I kind of I appreciate him breaking down why he got traded. But, you know, sometimes you could be a great star up and coming. And t- cities like Minnesota, where I feel like if they do it right with better management, they would take care of you, and you could be the star there. Because you necessarily don't have to go to a big city no more. Endorsements is going to follow you. Investments are going to follow you wherever you at especially nowadays where you don't have to be on Wall Street no more. You do everything from a Zoom or an app. But, you know, I think Anthony Edwards, I, w- I would love to have him in on the Knicks, have some, uh, someone like him on the Knicks. But for Minnesota's Hope, you can't lose him because you be dealing with the ghost of KG. You didn't do right by KG, and he was out of there. The experiment with Cat and Wiggins didn't work. You didn't put, like, a, a solid veteran team around him. I think Anthony Edwards kind of see that, probably know the history if he did his homework, and I believe he did his homework. You got to put him – you better hurt him and get him someone that's going to be enthused to play in that city and to pair it with him. Well, you know he just signed an extension, right,
3: $52 million a year for five 100%. years. 100%. That's why they
2: so, need it. And you know what happens after the first or second year. If you don't do right, I want yeah. to get traded. And people put on body suits like James Harden. I was getting ready to say that, bro. I don't want to be here no more. Okay. We'll, we'll move you. Damn. Yeah.
3: But he just signed that extension. two hundred sixty million. over he's a five good, I think
2: he's a really good kid, and I think he wants to do right. But you know what it is? Even he signed a contract, if I'm the GM, I'm acting like he's already on year three. You don't want to, like, I got him. That's sometimes some management problem, or we got him signed, we, we good. Don't think like that. I like you on year two, year three, where you do whatever – to pair up with him. He's going to need maybe two or three veterans in the starting five and getting another, like another young guy with him. So that way he got experience on play in the starting five, and him and that young guy could develop together. That's why I feel like with teams could do that right. You know what I'm saying?
0: But, real, I got a question for you on that one. How do you do that when, when one, you got players that are locking themselves up in, in, in these long-term extensions with teams because, you know, because everyone wants that supermax. And two, when you have situations like like in the Damian Lillard situation, where you have players that want to be traded, but they only name one team as a preferred destination, it's like, um, you know, a team like Minnesota or a team like Utah or you know, right. any of those teams, they're gonna they're always gonna be hard pressed to be ever considered to be, uh, you know, on a on a free agent or a superstar's radar, and so for them to build teams, even. To, to build a team around their star, around their, their their centerpiece, they would have to be almost begging stars to, you know, to, Hey, please mention us in your, in your trade demands. It, it's like, I it never happens.
2: A hundred percent. Right and I can answer your question right now. I think teams need to start paying attention and you hear like different podcasts with players when they say that they ask players, or uh, they ask players to come to the team, the players come to the team and sign, they ask them to speak to the team on how that particular club I'm about to mention, or they try to get a piece of uh, it could be a player coach personnel or assistant coach. Teams need to kind of stop catering to these guys because it's all about culture, and that's the missing piece. People need to start paying attention to teams like Miami. Everybody loves Miami. listen to the different podcasts. Everybody, even players want it. Players, could, people would say, oh, players don't want to be co-. no. Players, want, I used to play ball. Players want to be coached, but you gave the players so much leeway. Of course, it's like, don't coach me now. Get the fuck out of here. No, they 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 want to be. They want the culture that the culture is going the right way. You know, in Miami, you either going to the Eastern Conference Finals or you going to the finals. So if I'm like Minnesota, I'm I'm getting a lot of culture guys, meaning from coaching staff, management um veterans I'm am you're building a, a environment where your young talent to look around and see a vet like um um the, the um Haslem from Miami and different type of vets that's going to nurture the guys going so you come in and like, hey man I'm going to play you some here and there during the season but I, I need you to be that vet I need you to be that locker room guy like that's how you build a culture when you build a culture like but,
0: that I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but, 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 but you see, Minnesota had that. They had Tom Thibodeau there, and, and he brought in yeah. Derek Wells, and He had Jimmy Butler there for one time. Now, don't get me wrong. I know that it was a horrible fit, and it didn't work out, but they had that. And, and the only reason I mentioned that is because, well, he's our coach, and he just, he, he's our coach now, and he's just had to see that culture here.
2: Right. Listen, Tim's the culture where I, 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 I want to play hard and play hard. The problem is sometimes, even if, if I had the defensives, when you come on a team, I inherit somebody else's problems and mishaps. I inherit um, case in point, beautiful beautiful point. Um, I'm not, I don't agree with what Sean Payton did, but when he went to the Broncos, what, Russell Westbrook? I mean, Wilson, you got uh, uh, this guy, this guy, this guy, your own coaches and your office? No, 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 no. We're not doing none of that. Strip all of it. you want going to act like a regular player. You you had your teammates who don't like you because you had all this, and they were pissed off with management. Not saying he was right by the name of Aaron, not that coach, but Sean Payton came out and cleaned all that up. Boom, you cleaned cleaning all that up. And what you going to say to Sean Payton? You know what I'm saying? So my thing is, like, you could do it. At that time, it was a misfit. You had Butler, you had c I tell these guys, you guys you guys too young. The problem is it was such a young team. You can't have one guy. Now it was like two other Jimmy Butlers on the team, I think it could have worked. But you didn't have too many you didn't have two other Jimmy Butlers. You had this Jimmy Butler that y'all hold people accountable. And let's not forget, that management that management team I ain't talking about coach. That management team was very tricky. So they didn't have the culture. You keep, when you
3: mention anything in the realm of football, and there's no knock against what you said, bro, you're absolutely correct. But football is not the NBA. If, if Sean Payton tried that on any team in the NBA, they'd run his ass out of it. Because guess what? <laughs> the NBA don't got to sit back and take that because we have guaranteed contracts. So whether you right. like me or not, Mr. Payton, I'm still making $48 million a year. You can go somewhere else. See, there's a difference with player empowerment and the inmates running the asylum. Because right. you can't sit like here and tell me...
2: And you're right. No, I do too, but here's bro. The I do. If, but... if you Lebron or Chris Paul uh, or oh, oh, um, oh my God, I can't think what the, the um the guy um he's on the Pelicans. Durant, he's like the the players, huh? Oh, Durant. He's a... Durant no, no, no he's, he's, he's on the Pelicans. He? He's a play the development. Um, I mean, excuse me. He's the the president of the players. But talking almost CJ McCullough. Oh, McCall. yes, 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 McCall. yes. yes. So if I'm them, I'll go to these places like, look, man, look, look, we got responsibility. Yes, you're going to get your money. You're going to do what you need to do. But we also need to be careful. And this was actually talked about, I want to say almost three months ago, when a lot of people, a lot of these reporters, they may say the players need to be careful. Yes, they got the power and the leverage. But they've got to be careful because it's, it's not a coincidence <clears throat> where it's like, hey, hey, man. You don't have to go go free agency. We're going to pay you this money. Now you're saying, hey, we're going to give you money all this first two years and give you non-guaranteed these other two years. They're on the verge of then They're about to go how the NFL route is. Well, like, We're going to give you the money, but nothing's going to be guaranteed. You don't hit your incentives. No. You don't play the same way you played in year one. And no, I didn't realize all oh, of them from these contracts.
0: The NBA I mean, will, the will NBA never NBA not do it.
2: Guaranteed. The NBA will not The NBA yeah. will never do that, bro. The NBA because will never do it. Do- yeah. Talking, the NBA will never you're do it. The NBA will never do related. it. Wait, look at the contracts now. Yeah. A lot of them contracts are all not guaranteed. Uh, yeah, we'll, all that contract, always, they they will tell you, you we're talking about the back end is not guaranteed. You're, no, you're only talking about All
0: right. There's a, ahead, the no. contracts
3: we just mentioned. Carl Anthony Towns, Edwards, uh, Anthony Davis, uh, the kid on Boston, Brown. Every one of these contracts are for four or five years. And every contract in the NBA is guaranteed. This is what I mean. When you give somebody that much rope, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get a Damian Lillard. You're going to get that, that left and right uh, well, you know, he was loyal to them. Yeah, he made $450 million being loyal to them. Where do we, where do we separate this now, guys? And you know what? The NBA has a problem of stepping in. They only step in when they want to step in. Other than that, they let the inmates run the asylum. You heard what the NBA did. They, they, his, yeah. his his his, uh, his people was putting that shit out about, well, if he goes somewhere else, he's not gonna play. Then then Bubblehead ball light bulb said, We can't have that. It took that for him to step up and say, We can't have nobody or your representation saying you're not gonna play ball. When they should have said, when he said only Miami they should have nixed that. Because guess what, fellas? He ain't got no no-trade clause. So he can go wherever the hell they send him. <laughs> so he needs to think about that, but we don't have that in the NBA. This is what separates the NBA from especially the NFL. You know, baseball is more blocked in. I got my contract. I'm happy. I'm going to play baseball. You just mentioned it, Rels. A guy can sign an a Anthony Edwards, $52 million a year contract. He wakes up next month and says, hey, Rels, I really don't want to be here. And, and now Rel's got to move him. And this is where it's become a little – and I understand, guys, I understand player empowerment, but I also understand contract. Now, what you're saying, Rels, I brought this up a few years ago with these guys wanting to bounce around. What would these players do if the NBA said, you know what, from now on we're only giving one-year contracts. We're going to give one-year contracts. From now on, nobody's getting a no four- or five-year contract. One year. You prove yourself, you like us, we like you, we move on. If not, you go your own separate way. That ends all of this. <laughs> you only got a one-year contract, sort of like the NFL. Now you're looking for a job. So that means you've got to put up. But they won't do that relative, four or five. Look what's going on now, man. Two guys have eclipsed $60 million a year. Guaranteed money. Whether they show up in that Anthony Davis, who we know is going to miss a good 20 games, Right, right, right. <laughs> 63 million. <laughs> we know he's going to miss games. It's just that. But 63 million a year, Rose, shit. me, yeah. I'll I play 57 games. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm Whoa, a the NBA is a different beast. <laughs>
0: well, um, yeah, that's – that's uh, the, the The name of the game because and, and, you know just to add to that point the, the the players association would not would not ever go for something like that. The only contracts in the nBA which are not guaranteed are like the low level two way contracts for g leaguer uh, you know draftees and g leaguers right. that's the only contracts in the nBA that are not guaranteed that's why right. that, that, that's like the only time that it doesn't get guaranteed because once it does become guaranteed then it comes. It goes onto you know a specific team's um, books. Um, it's on their books. It's on their. It's on their salary cap, and it does hold some weight. Now, um, you know, obviously, you know those short-term contracts. They can you know teams can still move away from them and, and, and pay them off because sometimes they're, they're just you know nickels and dimes. But like those 62, $64, you know, seventy-four million-dollar contracts. Um, Yeah, they're not moving those. <laughs> and you can't You know like what? LeBron. You know what's funny? You
3: know what's funny? No. Have nobody ever, nobody ever caught on to what LeBron was doing. LeBron never signed a long-term contract. Two years player option. Two years player option. Three years player option. One year player option. Nobody caught on to that. It became a thing when Carmelo signed with the Knicks. If, if y'all
2: remember. Remember what I think the, the Lakers, the Lakers was like the only the, the last one he did was like four years. Right, so, 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 with
0: a player option. With a player option, and and the main reason why LeBron did that was because LeBron ensured that he would still be the most exp- the most highly highest paid player in the league because he knew that he knew the projections of, from the TV contracts that the NBA signed with TNT and and, and Disney World. That's exactly right. you know it, it's worth it, it's worth over what like twenty to forty billion dollars. He knew that if he signed a five year deal, that in one of those years, some, the, 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 his maximum earning potential in the next contract wouldn't be enough. So he he would sign two three year deals with a player option, so that way, if he if at any point he, he realizes that his his early potential will be much more substantial. He can opt out, re-sign with the team, or move, move somewhere else like he has in the past. It, it was different right. when he went from Cleveland to Miami, Miami back to Cleveland, and then to Cleveland to Los Angeles. All
3: right. And nobody, nobody hey. caught on to this. That's the, only time somebody, the only time somebody caught on to it was with Melo, because everybody questioned, why would you want to stay on this team? And, and everybody would say, well, he took the money. But one of your best friends gave you the blueprint. He gave you a blueprint to get as much As you can on short term deals If me and Rels don't see eye to eye We shake hands and we go our separate ways That's how LeBron reinvented this shit And some players I hate to say it, Carmelo Anthony Became that guy Where he put the money the guarantee. He screwed himself Yes, he wanted the long term money Where LeBron's blueprint was I'm going to make more money in a short term Than you are in this long term and nobody caught on to this shit, guys. It's probably one of the best-kept secrets in the NBA.
2: Best-kept secret. And he tried to tell them, but nobody wanted to listen. He, he told them, LeBron, Alvin could have played on the same team, but Le- Le- Carmelo wanted that guarantee.
0: Well, see, in, 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 their de- in, in their defense, in their defense the, the, the reason why they didn't do that is because they weren't willing to bet on themselves. When you're LeBron James, you can bet on yourself any day. LeBron can break his leg today. His his contract will expire. When he comes back, he has a job, and and, and, and they're going to pay him up to $50 million to do it, no matter what. Can Carmelo Anthony Dwayne Wade or or Chris Bosh all all say the same thing? No. Can Kevin Durant even do that? No. Steph Curry didn't either. uh, But Steph Curry Curry was, was in the virtue of you know, of the times, you know, he was in the opportunity time, but he's not even the highest-paid player anymore as it is. And remember when he signed his big superman. So he, it's all about dollars and cents. And, and LeBron knew where the he, – he didn't just look at himself and the league. He saw the whole pie and it said, you know yep. what, there's a lot of money to be made here. I'm gonna keep on betting on myself. I'm LeBron fucking James. At this point, I'm, it's not a matter if I'm the greatest of all time. I'm the greatest right now. All right, cool. We gotta get into the final
1: thoughts, guys. We're out of time, man. So let's get some the oh, final right. thoughts, man.
0: All right. So Dominic, lead us off, please. Um, how long we? Uh, you know what? Fire away. All right,
3: guys. God, God. once again, I gotta thank right. you guys, man. You know I. You know, I love what y'all are doing. Keep doing what you're doing. As far as the Knicks, sky's the limit, fellas. Whether you want to believe it or not, whether you want to buy this and buy that, whether you want to move the goalposts every two weeks, it is what it is. We've made great strides, like I always say. Pre-Tom Thibodeau, pre-this regime, whether you like them or not, we had 366 losses. We had, set, we had 16 wins twice, and we didn't get nothing out of that, guys. Nothing. Now that we're building something, you're going to have your naysayers. Let them be naysayers. I'm a Knicks fan. I'm going to be a Knicks fan. So I I think I love what they're doing. And on that note, guys, have a great night. I love y'all, man. Keep up the good work. And J-E-T-S, chess, chess, chess. Ah, get out of here
0: with that bullshit.
2: (laughs) Ah, fly you (laughs) fly.
0: Rouse, your final thoughts, sir. And if you and if you fucking follow suit, I'm just booting you, dude.
3: <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, fan. listen.
2: To, to, to Dom's sentiments, I appreciate you guys having me on. This is always fun, and continue to do the great work, man. Um, just like Dom said, I, I, I believe in this team. I think we're going the right direction. Is there some things that we need to improve on? Well, of course, nobody's perfect. Like you, you strike lightning in the bottle when you be like the Golden State Warriors, and we could be the Golden State Warriors one day. We gotta keep building, and I feel like the Knicks are doing that. And you know, forget what other people say. Always be a fan. Um, fly, with fly. And uh, <laughs> um, again, shout out to you guys. Um, shout out to my team at Therapy and Sports. We're doing a lot of good things yeah, out it, there. please provide all that information for your uh, the Therapy and Sports. Team. Uh yes, yes. Follow us at Therapy Therapy and the letter N Sports on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook page will be business page will be up this Friday. And this this support, you know, we got a lot of good um, young guys, and women that's under the brand. Um, I had a dream, and I got a lot of mature teammates and helped me um, be better, and they are great, and it feels good to have not a bu- bunch of people that um, I can't trust because a lot of these, quote, unquote, networks have people that are just by themselves, and this team is a special team, so I appreciate them and appreciate you guys, and, Dom, you know I love you.
3: You know what's weird, Ralph before is- you go, remember Ralph remember, remember when it was like eight of us on the line in therapy and sports? Yeah.
0: Yeah. that. You know what? Yeah. I, 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 I got I to jump on that. Me and Steve to do a cameo on that one, one, one day. But um, uh, thank you so much for for joining us. Steve, your final thoughts, sir?
1: Yeah, um, we picked up on the hoops uh, after the last two weeks. And uh, good talk with our squad and the rest of the league. Uh, so, Av, I don't know if Dom and Rose in two weeks, so we'll probably be looking into – uh Nick Ads uh fanumentary on Amazon Prime. We're gonna actually switch things up in two weeks, probably do the 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 movie review and ask Nickelbacker ad questions uh, next week in two weeks. Uh, to go through on video the uh, video uh, the uh, orange and the blues fanumentary on Amazon Prime video. I will have some fun with that. Um, yeah, uh preseason football. Um, you know, watch that this weekend. Um, oh, yeah, by the way, Dom, I did finish, uh, Av, you be proud, and this is more for the hockey guys on Tuesday, but I did finish Sons of Anarchy. I'm always late to these shows from the, like, 2000s, late 2000s. Hey, Dom, did not know Carmelo Anthony had a cameo on Sons of, Anarchy, of uh, Sons of Anarchy. Did not know that until I saw it the other day, so uh, shout-outs to Melo <laughs> on that. Hey,
0: Melo. <laughs> And that's, that's thank, you. Much, thank you very much. That's it. Um, so yeah, um, for my final thoughts, this is a great, great talk. Uh, thank you so much to Steve, Dom, and Rel for joining us today on um, this, um, this week's episode. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks, and as Steve said, we will be doing a kind of like a look-in review of the New York Knicks documentary, Orange and the Blues. I will do my best to have Keith Roberts, the director, and my my co-star JSB the Mad Hatter, um, you know to get you know, to join us. Uh, he, yeah, go ahead.
3: No, I said, oh man, that guy's a trip.
0: <laughs> that guy is a trip, and you know what? He's Ooh. a he, he's he's even, he's even a better person. You know when you actually get to get a chance to talk to him. But so, um, if you ever get a chance, if you if you if you don't if you don't follow him already, you're missing out. JSB the Mad Hatter. He's on Instagram on Twitter. Uh, I think he's on, he's also on Facebook here and there. He has a Facebook group. Uh, um, so if you're listening, give him a follow. Um, one of the coolest dudes in there, big, big time Nick fan owns like 800 or I think now almost a thousand hats. So, um, anyways, um, great discussion. Um, love the dialogue about the Knicks, about the NBA at large. Um, Stay tuned because um, I'm I'm pretty sure that Steve, Steve's got a, like a wild week coming up because as the summer started winding down, the show starts picking back up. Um, so shout-out to the dugout, shout-out to the rink, shout-out to the big blue round table for preseason football. Um, go Giants because I, cause I still ref G in there. Um, I'm excited for the season. Uh, I don't know about y'all. And um, I'm excited this weekend. There's going to be some hoops. August 12th and August 13th, Saturday and Sunday, the United States play Slovenia and Spain. So uh, catch that out if you if if you want to catch Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart. Um, it, it, it should be a lot of fun. Um, if not, guys, enjoy your summer. Enjoy the heat. Um, stay off of Twitter. There's nothing but cancer there. And everybody, keep on bleeding blue, orange and blue, all day, every day, 24 seven, three sixty five. LeaveLooseShow.com is the place to go for all your audio archives, for all the great things around here. You can catch us here in two weeks, and you can always find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and on threads. Sangre Azul y Naranja, like Steve likes to say. Nickabaca Ave out. Good night, everybody
2: finger to the rest, here we go for the next, it's like... Can you dig it? Can
1: you dig it? Can you dig it? Blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue,
0: blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee blue, blee...